Okay, welcome to episode two. We have, uh, first, before we get into it, we have a really good topic. Um, we are upping our podcast and video game. So we have, uh, we're using, first of all, Riverside.fm. They, uh, we have some level of relationship with them. They were almost a client, uh, and that didn't work out, but they have a great product. So hopefully this improves the video game as opposed to using zoom, which we did on episode one, we have side by side, so you can actually see us. And we both are using professional mics. Um, I was using a professional mic before, but I didn't know how to use it. So now I actually have it closer to my face and Benji now has a professional mic. I so do. hopefully that's good. Um, let us know, by the way, in comments, uh, whether you think the recording and quality is much better. Now, for today's topic, um, Benji, I'm going to kick it off with you, and we're going to try. I'm going to try to play devil's advocate, but you wanted to talk about something you've been seeing all over, I guess, Twitter and just like marketing sphere of people saying this thing about how marketing teams, how companies should like build their marketing team like it's a media company. So, uh, yeah. Can you elaborate for everyone? Yeah. I feel like I don't follow too many marketers on Twitter. Uh, so when I do see a topic bubble up, it's usually something that's trending. And this is something that I've seen, I would say over the last couple months, just over and over and over again, where I just see people tweeting that companies should approach their content marketing operation, like a media company. Uh, and I don't necessarily know what everyone means by that. So that's something that we want to discuss on this too, just try to define what that actually means. But I largely disagree with the whole notion that companies should approach things like a media company. And so let's just get into it. I have some tweets to share, uh, just things that I've been seeing that kind of led to this. And I think it's worth a debate because I think there's a lot of nuance to this topic. And that was part of the reason for starting this podcast in the first place is that oftentimes there's just people sharing quick opinions without going into detail on it. And I think for the people that follow those people, um, they might be confused or their tweet might be somewhat misleading. And so I think it's just to de- better to discuss it at length. So let's get into uh, this tweet. I mean, while you're pulling it up, I think one thing sure. I can say is like, let me just, pl- since my role is going to be to play devil's advocate, I'll just like roughly define what I think these people are talking about. What they mean is, well, I say that and then I'm having trouble figuring out what they mean. (laughs) But like, I I think, I think what they mean is like, as opposed to your marketing team being about what a lot of people call performance marketing, which is also, by the way, a term I hate because I'm like, shouldn't all marketing be performance marketing? Like if you're not, if the marketing's not getting ROI, like, or, or you can't quantify it and it's not performing, then what are you doing? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> the, it, I think what they mean is like be everywhere and own well, I, this like massive brand awareness yeah. for your target audience. So if you're selling to marketing departments because you make a HubSpot type thing, just like HubSpot is everywhere in the marketing universe. And they have like, I don't know, I'm just going to assume a spot does like for sure they have this like massive written thing, right? In terms of written content, but have a podcast and YouTube and this and that and like constantly be producing this content. I think definitely one aspect of the definition is 
produce a ton of content. Yeah, produce quality, it in different quantity. Yeah, a ton like yeah, quantity, different channels. I think if you're talking about media company, you're for sure thinking marketing teams need to be doing video and audio and written. Um, maybe that's my two definitions. Like try to just be everywhere in that space, have a bunch of content produced and do like multiple channels, video, audio, written. Yeah. But I think even if someone was to do just one channel, I, I think what people are saying is produce a bunch of content. It's top of funnel in nature. Just get, get the name out there, get the brand out there, kind of make your content more brand awareness focused, thought leadership focused. And so I don't know. I think we're going to approach this by going off those definitions, whether it's one channel producing a bunch of content, um, going after top of funnel terms, or whether it's do blogging, do podcasting, YouTubing, and every other channel. But just wanted to share some tweets first. So I came across this one. Uh, how do you do content marketing old way, find popular keywords, write blogs, create lead magnets, share links to content on social, new way create a category, write thought leadership content, become a media company. So again, those two terms coming in here, publish zero click content on social. Not really What's sure that what mean? that means. I'm guessing it just means like threads like this, where no one really has to click into it to find yeah. a, a fully length blog post or something like that and create demand. So that's one of them. Uh, another one, build your startups marketing team, like a media company for your target hold audience. On, hold on, go back to the previous one. Sure. Or, or you, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna like give your response afterwards. Yeah, I th I think we can give a response after going through all these because okay, they they going. largely just say the same thing. Build your startups marketing team like a media company for your target audience. Again, ton of engagement, a ton of people responding on this one. Andrew, I followed Andrew for a long time. Really respect everything he's built with his company. But again, create your media company or create your own media company and publication. Startups need to stand out more than ever today and creating large customer audiences gives you a massive reach year round. Again, don't necessarily disagree with this tweet, but I think the devil is in the details. Side note that that phrase startups need to stand out more than ever today. The, these are challenging times in today's changing environment. All of those are some of my pet peeve phrases because it's always true. Yeah. It's always at, you're always at the precipice between history and the unknown of the future that's called the present moment <laughs> so it's like the, they always needed to stand out more than ever today it's always at peak level of competitiveness no one has ever been like the industry's really easy right now just start some business yeah so i don't know you, you tweeted this last night because we were truly just trying to get answers for this episode but i i think this is an important thing to talk about just what do people mean by this I don't know if you you want to elaborate on this before we start. Yeah, I mean, the, back and forth. the last line of my thing, and I guess since we're going to possibly put these as podcasts, I guess if someone's listening to it as podcast, they'll be like, what do you mean? I'm listening to it as podcast. I should read it out loud. So I re or quote tweeted the build your startups marketing team like a media company for your target audience. That's the, the entire tweet that I quote tweeted. And my says, Lots of people are saying this, but none with specifics. What does it mean to build a team like a media company? What roles? In other words, what role should you hire in there? How big should the team be? What's the end result? Also, what type of media company? And then I wrote, 
I guess you could, what do you call this, a snarky line? But like, I was just kind of leading the witness or, or sort of re- revealing my hand of what I meant of, I suspect the reason for no specifics is because no one knows. This just sounds nice. Yeah. So that's my tweet. Um, well, I, because- I think that's largely just Twitter in general. People are just tweeting things that sound nice. Can they actually yeah. back up a lot of their statements? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The character limit encourages those these yes. kind of like pithy comments these like quick comments that sound really profound anyway you can go to the last tweet yeah so then i came across this because Corey haynes quote tweeted it just as a list of um different brands as media companies so i i think this is a good place to start just look at what companies are I guess, describing their content operation as media companies. And then we can kind of just dissect whether this makes sense or not. Uh, so brands as media companies isn't a new refrain. I first heard it in 2011 when I entered content marketing. And I actually think this whole concept originally came from Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he wrote a post on like every every company is a media company back in 2011. Mm, and a lot of what he's... A lot of what he said in there makes sense in terms of his forward-looking view of content. But I think the challenge here is that a lot of what is said gets taken out of context. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I want to go into more detail on. But let's see. So a bunch of different brands. So first, my friends at Wistia, their docu-series. So this one is talk shows and a video series and podcasts. So multiple channels here. Uh, Before the acquisition, MailChimp launched their own MailChimp Presents, uh, paid out good money to creators to produce high caliber series, shorts, and podcasts. So again, multiple channels. Wait, so pause for a second. I think it's starting to answer our question. So when these people say like a media company, I think both of these, and there was another tweet earlier, they mean like, it was something like create your own publication. They mean like, don't just like pop publish blog posts on the company's slash blog, AKA what we do for clients. (laughs) They mean like, that's not good enough. That's like 2005 or something like this, that you need a publication. And what that means is like, like what you're screen sharing right now, you know, it kind of looks like a magazine MailChimp presents. There's these random photos that's like, looks really modern. I don't really know how to interpret it, you know, but it's like, it's not just like we're trying to rank for best email service provider. It's like it's like something that you would hope. Yeah, yeah, here's here's a good explanation. It's something that you're hoping is so interesting for your target audience, in this case small business owners for MailChimp, that they're just going to go to it and just like read it for fun, the way you would read a magazine, you know, your favorite magazine or almost newspaper, but you're not reporting on news. And so that means like it's polished and there's graphics and it's regular in terms of cadence and all this. Yep. Uh, next one. So ProfitWell did recur studio, uh, recur studios. Um, I don't know if it really gives a description on what they did. Well, I think that's just the name of their like, Podcast, video series or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or video series a more magazine like approach is from help scouts so this seems to be talking more just purely about blogging 
So again, magazine style versus SEO driven, I think is a differentiation. But they they also mean like polished, like it's like looks really high quality. It has like a name. So the one you're projecting is in called in the works by help scout. Yep. HubSpot. So their podcast network. Um, yep. All right. I think you've given a good sense of examples. Yep. What do you think? Well, I think if we were just to start broadly, I think media companies have different goals than SaaS companies. So if you just think about the goal of a media company or even just how they generate revenue, they're generating revenue for, uh, through page views versus selling a product. So I just think even just starting there, the goal of a media company in terms of growing page views, getting clicks is very different than the goal of a business, which is to sell a product. And so I think, um, yeah, even, even just there, the idea of growing a media company just to get breath and an audience and brand awareness serves a very different purpose because they make money by doing that versus a SaaS company makes money by selling a product. And if you've ever watched any of our stuff or read any of our content, traffic or just pure audience doesn't lead to revenue. So that would be the first point I make. But then if I look at these companies, something that stands out to me is none of these are small businesses. Uh, None of these are bootstrap businesses. uh, I believe from what I know, Uh, maybe MailChimp was, but they, they sold. So I I mean, MailChimp was technically, but like, sure. It had massive, massive revenues, I believe for a long time. So I, I think just the point is that I think these companies are at a very different stage than most businesses. And so while this advice might be good for them in terms of them growing beyond, uh, their existing channels. So maybe they have tried SEO and exhausted a bunch of keywords there. Uh, maybe they've done paid marketing and don't have any more keywords to go after there or have just kind of hit the limits that they can do on paid. And so now these companies are looking for other ways to grow their brand and expanding into podcasting or YouTubing or some of these different channels makes sense. But I don't think that the this advice of creating a media company is necessarily relevant to every business because I think there's probably things that you can do that are going to drive revenue for your SaaS company uh, much faster and probably drive better results than spending a ton of money and resources on either creating a podcast, doing a YouTube channel, uh, or even just top of funnel content blogging. Okay. So that, that, sure. If, if I argue on their side, first of all, you can turn off the screen share if we're not actually screen sharing. Right? Okay. So my counter is, Going back to the first thing you said, the media company's goal is getting a bunch of page views. I think what these people would argue is, yeah, that's fine. And so that's what I'm saying is your startup or your SaaS company or whatever's goal should also be to get a ton of traffic and page views because then you have massive mind share. And it's okay if an actual media company monetizes by ads like displayed on the thing or an ads on the podcast or ads on the YouTube video, you're going to monetize by your product, but it's like, if if you can, if you can get the like eyeballs or whatever, eyeball share that an actual media company, you know, like HuffPo or something gets or some online magazine, but you can do it in 
in the case of MailChimp for small business owners or whatever, when I think the logic of this kind of marketing is then when they need an email service provider, you are for sure the one they're thinking of. And the media company aspect is if you do it as a media company, you're going to get so much eyeballs, earbuds, whatever, that there's just this massive reach. And when any of those people need an email service provider, they think of MailChimp first. Yeah, fair. I mean, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> disagree. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that as a broad statement in terms of growing yeah. your brand is bad or getting more eyeballs is bad. I just think that there's things that you can do that will drive revenue faster and that's more measurable than just doing this. And I think for for most businesses, they don't have the budget and or resources to just go start a podcast and drive ads to it and create all this top of funnel content that doesn't uh, drive revenue immediately. Because the reality is that even if you were to approach things this way, and let's say any of these companies or a small business got like a $200,000 budget to start a podcast and build up their content team and all that kind of stuff. The reality is when things take a turn or marketing spend needs to get cut, they're going to turn to the channels that aren't driving yeah. direct revenue or that you can't measure and the budgets are going to be cut there. So again, I think going back to the examples here, these are all massive companies that have massive marketing budgets. And I just don't think it's realistic for a small business that's making 2 million a year to invest the same amount of money in growing a media channel or media company as some of the brands that are, are listed here. Yeah, I think it's worth switching my hat to your side of the debate here for a second. Like, I, I think it's worth emphasizing that. Like, okay, you want a you want a media company like you want a podcast network like HubSpot, or you want that publication that you were projecting of Mailchimp. How much how much money do you have? <laughs> like, are you Mailchimp? You know what I mean. And so, like, we we get leads and and talk to companies all the time um, that don't have that kind of budget. I mean, just to be totally blunt, although this is public, it's on our website, we charge 10,000 a month. So there's companies like, oh, I want to do content, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Ooh, yeah, 10,000 a month. I don't know. And then like, they're debating this kind of like top of the funnel stuff. And you're like, in my opinion, obviously biased, if you don't have $10,000 a month to rank and get your absolute most buying keywords, then what are you doing? Wasting time on top of the funnel stuff because sure, your podcast network is great and eventually people are going to be like listening to it and then when they need MailChimp or your equivalent or whatever, your software, they'll be like, oh, I need software in this obscure B2B space. <laughs> like it was that company that I've been thinking of. That takes forever. Like that could take years. The, the conversion rate is tiny. In fact, here, let me project. Our, I'm, now I'm, absolutely not arguing for um for the other side anymore i'm like totally biased and on your side but i think worth kind of going to our main yeah let me share need help over there yeah i don't know how to share our screens okay so this blog post scaling content expanding from bottom of the funnel to the top by daniel on our team um, it has these graphs. He talks about Geekbot, this client we've had forever, and he's been the content strategist for it the whole time. 
they make this Slack stand-up bot so you can run a stand-up just with a Slack bot, right? Like, how do you feel? What are you doing? What have you done since yesterday, et cetera? Um, Dale's stand-up questions. He compares bottom of the funnel versus top of the funnel, and he has all these graphs. The Our bottom of the funnel pieces for them converted on average. This isn't even the highest converting ones. The average, 4.78% from traffic to sign up, like free trial sign up for this company. The top of the funnel pieces. Now, mind you, <laughs> uh, what we grow and convert calls top of the funnel is still sells the product. It's not this media company stuff that like, I guarantee you all of this media company advice and the examples in the Jay Akunzo tweet thread, MailChimp, Wistia, whatever, they barely, if at all, sell their product. It's just pure, like, this is our media. Let's, like, let's get the brand out there. It's get get Wistia's name out there. Get yeah. MailChimp's name out there. So it's just a common household name. And it's part of this line of marketing thinking of, like, don't sell. Like, if you mention your product, everyone's going to hate you because that's, like, really inappropriate or rude. Ours mentions it, and it's still 0.19%. You know, so we're talking about, like, in the case of this, it's like, oh, you're a Slack stand-up bot. Here, the bottom is like, your 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 software. We make software for daily stand-ups. Let's rank for daily stand-up software, you know, or like we're an alternative to standuply. Let's rank for standuply alternatives. Like this is extremely targeted. So, anyway, this is the core behind our, I guess, our kind of frustration with this kind of advice. Well, I think that's a good segue into let's go into some of these examples because I just started looking at some of the examples shared in that list last night. And I was pretty surprised by what I saw in terms of Wistia hasn't even gone after the bottom of the funnel keywords yet. They're investing all this money in, in this top of funnel media related content. So that just kind of blew my mind. I was just, and, and I think that's our main point with this is, is there's a time and a place for doing this media style content. I mean, here we are podcasting and we're saying don't invest in this or we're not saying don't invest in it, but I, I think we're saying there's a place to start first. And so we've been blogging on bottom of the funnel topics for our own agencies. We already have leads coming in from our own content. And this was just another channel that we wanted to explore. Whereas with Wistia, I found this really interesting. So if I just search for Wistia and I look at the ad, their ad talks about uh, being a video host. So hosting your videos with Wistia. So I was just exploring last night. And so I just went into here and I did uh, video hosting just as a bottom of the funnel keywords keyword. So here again, I see Wistia serving an ad. I see Vimeo, who's their biggest competitor and surprise, surprise, Wistia is nowhere to be seen on the first page. Benji's Google and, video hosting. And of course they're mentioned in some of these posts, but again, Vimeo is number two in this one. Here you see Wistia, but again, like why wouldn't Wistia want to own what seemingly is one of their number one features or number one reasons why people would sign up for their product with their own blog post. That's just kind of eye-opening to me. So then I went onto their website and I was just trying to figure out exactly what they did. 
and then was searching for different bottom of the funnel keywords that they might want to own. So let's see, like, so we just go through some of their core value props here. So it says recording. So let's see if we were to search for recording video online. Again, nowhere to be seen. And maybe this might not be one of their their key features, but we can just keep keep going here. So editing video online, which seemingly is one of the key features of their product. Again, you see Vimeo here. You don't see them in any of the search results. Uh, we could keep going here. So collaboration. So like, let's do video collaboration. We can do platforms since that's a little bit more bottom of the funnel. Again, you see their competitor here, nowhere to be seen. So I guess, and then on top of that, if we just look at their site, DR of 90, page rating of 85. So like, and, and, and that's, and that's, to, we don't want to be extreme here, right? Like, just like you're conceding, there's a place for this. That is the benefit. An Ahrefs domain rating of 90, you could argue, okay, like that's the benefit of doing this media company stuff. You've produced so much content. Your brand is out there. A bunch of people are linking to you. The other benefit is what you showed, which is in other people's list posts ranking for the terms you were just Googling, video hosting, online editing, et cetera. They yeah, are getting there. mentioned places. Yeah, sure. so they have that brand awareness and this is the effect of it. And just to restate what you're saying, I think our argument is, but hang on, why, why wouldn't you? I think there's there's multiple layers to our argument, but what, you're, what yeah. I'm hearing you say is, why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you do you, this first? Yeah, like why, why wouldn't, wouldn't you rank for you have, obvious things? You have such a strong domain. You have a DR of 90. You could probably outrank any of these companies that are sharing these list posts for all yeah. the most valuable keywords that your brand wants to own. All the keywords that says, I want to use a product like Wistia because this is a key feature, but yet you don't own any of these keywords. So why are you investing all this money in YouTube's podcasting channels when you just haven't even done the basics? That's what doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Yeah. Let, let me share my screen again to go back to that post. Sure. It, um, so I looked at, we looked at the conversion rate up here, right? Now, if we scroll down, you could say, okay, fine, Davish, your bottom of the funnel posts, the equivalent of what Benji was showing, like video hosting software for Wistia or whatever, convert way higher, but they don't get the level of traffic. So top of the funnel, even with a lower conversion, it's going to make up for it in traffic. In our work that we have documented and published the data on, side note, very few of these marketers doing these pithy comments online have done that. Maybe that comes across as too cocky. Apologies. <laughs> so we find that that's not true. Specifically, here I'm showing a graph of the traffic to the bottom of the funnel uh, bucket of posts for Geekbot versus the top of the funnel. And bottom of the funnel is about like 35,000 or something. I don't know, 28,000. Top of the funnel is 204,000. 28,000, 204,000, almost 10x. So yes, top of the funnel gets 10x the traffic. But the conversion rate is way more than 10x, right? It's a tw it was a 25x conversion rate, four, almost 5% versus 0.2%. And so from actual raw conversions over the course of, I don't know, this was like over a year that Daniel did this analysis. 
the bottom of the funnel pieces in his bottom of the funnel bucket generated 13, 1,348 signups versus 400 basically for the top of the funnel. So back to that Wistia example, what you're saying is like, yeah, your podcasts and all are generating something. But if you have this DR and all, even if you don't, like the video hosting, online video editor, the conversion rate from that is so high because from a funnel perspective, what we're talking about is the podcast and the media company and the publication and the blah, blah, blah. That is like from the marketing journey perspective, it's like step one, awareness. They're aware of your brand, et cetera, right? And then at some point later, when they need it, they're going to turn to Wistia. The terms you're talking about is when they need it. It's like, yeah, if, some, if someone needed this right now, what now. are they going to search for? Yeah. It's like, I might not remember Wistia when I'm searching for that. And then I see Vimeo all over the place and I might just convert on Vimeo. And guess what? We are Vimeo customers because I did that exact same thing when I was searching for a product. And yeah, they were even, nowhere to be Even if you did, what I'm saying is, even more nuanced than that, even if you did remember Wistia, and even if the top of the funnel stuff did work, what I'm saying is like, there's a time lag between you listening to Wistia's podcast or whatever their media company operation was, and you needing it. At any given time, there's thousands upon thousands of people searching for this stuff because they're at the stage where they need it now. There's yeah, always people. True. Today, there's a bunch of people at work that need video hosting software. So ranking for that captures those people now. And why wouldn't you do that then? That's layer one of your argument. And I wanna go back now to something else you said that's important. What kind of companies are we talking about? And layer two of your argument is producing the media company type stuff of the MailChimp of a Wistia is not easy and extremely resource intensive for the typical startup. Maybe you raised money and you have limited budget, for sure for the bootstrap companies that definitely have limited budget. And so producing this like fully polished, beautiful design online magazine, which has yeah, this it's just not realistic. Rate. Yeah. You need a massive budget for that. Meanwhile, ranking for, you know, you, you, you look what video hosting, online video editor, online video, something else, video collaboration, software, video yeah. hosting platform. There's all these different variations of, their core value props and their core features that the they resources required to pick 10 of them. Like imagine if every company or anyone listening to this was like, just stop for a second and think and write down like 10 of your most obvious. These people are looking for my product right now, bottom of the funnel terms to rank for those, or at least produce the blog posts that will get you on the track of ranking. You're not going to rank tomorrow, right? Necessarily. What is the resources of that versus like, creating a video series. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, this, this can be it. done with a very small team, uh, probably a content marketing yeah. manager, strategist, and a writer. Yeah. And those will produce leads. When you start ranking, they'll produce leads. Um, so it's not an, yeah, I think we should emphasize like this isn't an either or. And like you said, you could say, oh, you guys are being hypocrites. You're recording this on a podcast. Yeah. Also, we've been like, we started this podcast very late. Like, what are we at year six, seven? Of yeah. grow and convert um and even we've started doing seo for our stuff recently so yeah we're doing both we're still going after bottom of the funnel keywords just like we would for any of our clients 
we're doing that simultaneously while while doing this and so yeah i mean that's a good point i don't i don't want to completely discount this whole idea there's definitely a time and a place for it and there's definitely people that are really good at this i know dave gerhard is one of the people that that um really promotes podcasting and growing brands and clearly he's one of the best at it like i i actually think part of the issue here is he's so good at what he does that it's I, everyone I thinks think, they can do that yeah everyone thinks that they can replicate what he does and be dave but dave is just so good every single company he's gone to he's he's done the same model and it has been successful um i will say that a lot of those companies were funded and had a lot more resources and he was given a lot of resources to make this happen uh whereas i don't think a lot of the bootstrap companies or even just the smaller funded companies have those kind of resources and i will say that that's a difference so i think it's more just about prioritization. I think there there are things that you can do early in your company that will drive direct results. And as you exhaust that channel, then they're going to avenues like this where you're you're truly growing your brand because you've run out of things that you can do that have trackable ROI makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I I think there one thing we could do that would be really interesting is I, I can just profile different types of companies and we can say, what would we recommend the split or like some mix of marketing? Like what, what would you recommend? So I want to go through like the bootstraps. I want to go from least resources to highest, like maybe the solopreneur that maybe they're like a coder founder, they built some software or whatever, or maybe they're like a, you know, I don't know, like a copywriting consultant and they want to do content marketing to grow their client base or something. And I want to work up to like, what if you have a little bit more resources? What if you now have VC funding and be like, what is the split? What is the order of operations? But before I get to that, before I lose this thought, I think there's another factor at play that none of these tweets is talking about, which is the sexiness of content marketing. And yeah. I think that's actually a really good point. Marketers in these companies, it's like they want to like make a name inside that company. And to be totally blunt, the kind of content marketing we promote and teach and do for our clients, like ranking for these utilitarian, if effective keywords is not that sexy. <laughs> and I think like, if you're some director of content marketing, or even like the CMO or whatever, head of marketing, hire two, like, you want to like make a splash. And I think everyone on Slack at your company and at the retreats is going to give you a big pat on the back and say like, great job, Benji. Like, this is awesome. When you launch your like online magazine for such and such tech startup or your podcast, there's just, by the way, side note, there's a ton of congratulations that people get upon launching things. For example, <laughs> you and I recently got congratulations for launching something that we know has not done much. And there was this joke that we had at the beginning of Growing Convert, where we had a bunch of like content success and people were following us and we didn't have yeah, any we were growing yet. traffic and we had no revenue. We had no business. We had nothing. <laughs> And we were like internally like, what are we doing? I was like, Benji, you're wasting my time. And people would e email and tweet us and be like, guys, congratulations Congrats on all your success. success. And it became almost this four letter word because uh, maybe it's four words. Congratulations on all your success. It was a five word I've... phrase that I would just say it to you all the time. And it became this joke among between us. We'd be like, hey, 
first of all, congratulations on all your success because we had no success. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's part of it. It's like it they're is. in the job and they want to make a splash, and you get you get a lot of congratulations for your success when you launch the thing. But no one's measured, and that thing isn't doing anything for the business yet. Sorry to say it. You know what I mean? Or even just measuring traffic. When you have a graph that looks really good and all yeah. the numbers are going up, and it's just right. traffic. Yeah. And you, and that's what you share on social media. Yeah. Like, oh, I have a million visitors. There's been a there's been a few people that have reached out to us that have crazy traffic numbers, like hundred thousand. Oh, I grew this site to hundred thousand a year, two hundred thousand a year. A and month. then you're like, a, a month. month. So, sorry, you're right, a month. And then you ask them, well, what is that doing for you? You don't even need and to ask like, them. Those people that reach out to us that have that kind of traffic are smart enough to be like, guys, <laughs> I have all this traffic. Our conversions are really bad. Like, well, you know, well often the, the reason they have that traffic is there's one blog post that's getting 70,000 views a month that has yeah. nothing to do with their company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's go through and give some prescriptive uh, advice. So let's start at the beginning. The solo person. It could be solo service. I'm a graphic designer. I'm a copywriter, blah, blah, blah. And I want more clients and I want to grow and I feel like I need to grow my brand. Look at these other people that do what I do, but they do a shittier, but look, they get better, more clients. I'm jealous. I, I, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I have been that person. Sometimes still am. <laughs> or it could be the solo like coder founder of some product SaaS thing. It's a very big group of people. Um, the indie hackers. So either of those, that's, I'm going to consider this the, the minimum resource available example your time let's assume basically zero budget you have budget for some tools and then they're on twitter being like damn like i have this great product or i have this great service i'm an amazing graphic designer and copywriter why like and then you they see these tweets being like you need to treat your marketing like a media company they're like okay i'm gonna create a publication like what what is your recommendation to them of like no no like what does what does grow and convert or what do you say they should do what should be their like an example mix i mean are, are we talking about marketing in general or just content no marketing in general let's expand beyond content I mean, yeah i mean including content well i i think this is difficult for any company because i think this is part of the problem with twitter and this is the problem i have with a bunch of marketing people giving advice is that there is no set yeah. formula i can't just say hey company this is the mix you should do you should do ads you should do content, only blogging, not video. Don't be on Twitter, be on Twitter. I, I don't think that there is fair, fair. some mix. So that, let me just put it this way. So at, what you're saying is at the tactical level, I, I, I would tell you this is the exact mix. Yeah, I, I would say generally. Level sure, strategy. I would, sure. I would say generally what a company should do is figure out, I mean, they should just figure out what channel that they have some expertise in-house in. So if they have someone that can run mm -hmm. ads, if they can write content themselves, if they, I don't know, if they're good at tweeting, whatever it is they're good at, test that channel themselves, try to find something that works, and then figure out how to scale that one channel. And it might not be just some ads channel or something like that. It could just be manual. It could be reaching out to people in the very beginning and trying to get feedback on the product or trying to get people to use the product and get that feedback and then cycle that feedback and continue to improve their product from there. Cause we're talking about really early stage founders, but I don't think there is 
some set formula. And I, I, but I do think that people should lean on the channels that they have some expertise in, or that they have some competitive advantage in and test that channel out first, get it to work, try to scale it. If it doesn't work, figure out another channel that you can test out. So maybe you start off with ads, ads aren't working too well because your product needs, I don't know, a lot of uh, education for people to use it, or it needs descriptions of how people should use it. And then you might move to content and say, oh, I can walk people through how to use my product. And maybe I want to own some of these keywords, but that's just generally how I would think about it. If I go into any business, there's no, I, I have run marketing for a couple of startups before. And the, the channels that I used to grow, each of them were different when I first came in because the products were different and the companies were in different situations, had different budget sizes and things like that. And, and so I, I don't think there is a set formula, but I think start small, start with one channel, prove that out. If it doesn't work, test another channel. And your whole goal is to find one channel that you can scale. And then you want to just mac like you want to put everything that you have into that one channel and then you want to expand from there. And I yeah, think it's the you, same you... point that we're making here just with the media company thing. It's not like we're saying this channel can't work or there's no place for it, but we're saying there's priorities. And if you haven't focused on the bottom of the funnel keywords first for a lot of these companies, why would you move on to something that is way harder, more resource intensive and requires a way bigger budget when you could focus on this first? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I think. The one channel thing, I think I even tweeted this a long time ago. I've seen both from Grow and Convert and my A-B testing agency, Growth Rock. There, for example, I've worked with some pretty big e-commerce brands making a lot of money. And if you just go back in their GA out of curiosity, you realize a lot of them grow from one channel. They just double down. And in e-commerce, for example, it's almost always paid. It's almost always paid. It could be paid social, especially these like newer, younger DTC first brands, or like a lot of the old school ones. It's like paid search, Google shopping and stuff. Um, yeah, but I think that's like... getting harder now. Like I, 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 and I, and I empathize with people around this because I, I don't think what worked for e-commerce companies, let's say five years ago, in terms of just going on Facebook or going on Instagram and just spending a ton of money. It, I mean, the costs have gone up. It's more competitive. It's like the targeting has gotten worse. I think that's more challenging. And so I, I guess what I'm challenging people to think through is just what, what channel do you potentially have a competitive advantage in that you can win in? And, and it could be podcasting for some e-commerce company, or it could be YouTube. No, and doing but it's not. See, I'm going to take an even bolder stance. That's ridiculous. Sure. Like it's not going to be what, what e-commerce company, their first main channel that they grew on was a podcast. That's ridiculous. It's paid. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know about any, but I'm just right. saying because it doesn't I, exist. Yeah. So, so, so you, you gave an absolutely correct strategic response. If you're starting out, because my prompt was, let's start with the solopreneur. You actually answered it for at a strategic level. That's er, true early, early stage companies. Yeah, early I'm stage. thinking about like pre-product market fit, even into maybe even your you seed round. Yeah, even your seed round, your Series A. I still think what I said is true all the way up until that level. And it's true for bootstrap companies, whatever. So you gave that, but let me make a more kind of, um, I don't know, like a brash kind of response, which is honestly, I, what Benji said is true about one channel, but in my personal opinion, try the normal channels first, the stuff that other people in your space have gotten to work, the bread and butter, like 
paid and SEO. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like maybe that makes me a cranky old man. You well, know, I would, I would like also say outbound views. sales can work like outbound yeah. sales can work, stuff like that. Like you got to give it a go at some point and SEO. Yes. Takes time. And we said all the time, like you, you publish, it's going to take time to rank, especially if you have like no backlinks and no domain, whatever, but it's just not that hard to publish 12, 20 posts that each one targets one super bottom of the funnel keyword. Do that. Let that clock start ticking for it to rank, then move on. And then for paid, the advantage of paid, even we don't do paid. So now we're not doing saying anything self-serving. The advantage of paid though is actually I should asterisk, we do do a little bit of paid, but like that's not our main <laughs> thing. <laughs> that's not our main thing. But the the thing is, yes, you have to pay for each of the visitors, but the flip side is you can really micro test it. Yeah. You like get, you don't you get immediate you're, you're feedback. You're a media company and you don't have $200 to try on some ad channel on paid search or paid social. You don't have $500. You don't have $200 a month. Like Growth Rock, my A-B testing agency is like largely me. It's like a consultant, right? I've just done it forever and I don't want to stop doing it. I love it, whatever. It, I don't have like a ton of budget, but I tried, and I, it's not even in my strength. You said something very correct, I think, and good. Like, Focus on something you're strong at, et cetera, for the solopreneur. I'm not even a big paid ads kind of guy. But we saw paid Twitter working and growing convert. I was like, ah, oh, give it a shot. And this particular formula of like a key strategic piece that's promoted via Twitter worked ridiculously well. So much so that I was like, well, I'm, it's only me. I can't take that many leads. And I turned it off because it generated some leads. And so it's like, there's, none of that is like sexy. I didn't have to like, you know, like hire a studio and like make a YouTube series and a podcast and interview all these guests, like the amount of effort that these media style marketing projects take is very, very high because it's nonstop. It's content production every week, every month. You need a podcast guest. You need to edit it. You need more content. You need the next issue of your online magazine versus... Uh if you get some paid ROAS to work, you're good for a little bit. You don't need to keep producing that. You just run that ad. Yes, you need to change it, et cetera, but like it's different. Yeah, I actually have an example of this. So the first company that I ever joined out of college, a hundred million dollar business, really successful, uh, been around for 50 plus years. Right before I, that I had got there, they had hired a full media team. I think they spent something between $250,000 million uh, a year on investing in this media, full production, uh, like journalists from different news publications to really try to grow this new media site. And a year they into spent it, none of that budget on your tiny out of college salary while they were paying you $3. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, well, yeah, I made, I made next to nothing compared to the budget that they <laughs> spent on that. But regardless, uh, they scrapped the whole operation right before I got there because exactly that thing. They said, this is great. We're growing traffic, but we can't prove the ROI of any of this. And then yeah. when, when I got in, I think I was able to grow the traffic more than that site had in one year by myself than, than a whole team of people. But And, and that's, that's besides the point. But I, I think it's just to say you can be scrappy and not do things with a full media team and editors and like videographers and even this, like 
this is really low budget. We just bought a microphone, like took a trial of different software and are uploading it. We don't need fully designed, like these videographers and these expensive editors to produce this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just yeah. come in with an interesting concept, something that people aren't doing. Uh, and this, this is the same for your, your content too. And the same, how we even started our agency. It was just, where's there a gap in the market and how can we fill it? Like even this podcast is just, it's all about, let's go in depth on marketing topics because no one else seems to be even having these conversations. And there's things that all these other marketers are thinking constantly and there's no outlet for people to share their thoughts or to have thoughtful discussions about this on Twitter. It's just a bunch of people saying, oh, I have this idea. And then someone else being like, oh, you're wrong. And there's no nuance anymore. And so yeah. let's, let's just try to try to create that's, something unique here. Yeah. That's a, that's actually a really interesting and good point. I hadn't thought of that before is lurking under this treat your marketing as a media company idea is this thing that you and I have talked about for years that I did not make that connection until you just said it, which is this idea that you just kind of like the, you, you make the outside of your marketing effort look a certain way and that's going to work when you're like, okay, but like what, whatever channel video, audio or written that you pick for your media publication for your company, quote unquote, do, do you have anything useful to say? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like lurking under it. It's just like, oh, you know, I have this super polished thing and look at it. It looks gorgeous. It looks like a magazine. What are you saying? And underlying that is this idea that like, you just kind of, you know, you like hire or even, even at the big stages where you do have budget for it, you just like hired these people, right? You hire this. They worked at this online magazine, so they must work for this. And you're like, why are people following that? Because you're yeah. right. We like, I, I want to go. I almost want to go back to this because I think this, this is, it's these two things that I think everyone is, is going for with what they're trying to say in, I want a media company. I think everyone at the end of the day wants to be authoritative in their industry. And, and I think you covered this in the blog post on, or I don't even remember, did I write it or if you wrote it, but the, the thought leadership content, which the key point is like, yes, of course, everyone wants thought leadership content. And if we had to define that, it's just something that makes you stand out in your industry. You have unique opinions, unique things to say, unique examples, that kind of stuff. But I think the problem with people becoming a media company or why they're not able to achieve this is because people don't have these unique opinions. They're just kind of saying what everyone else is saying. They haven't done the yeah. work. They haven't yeah. tested things on their own. They haven't come to different conclusions than everyone else. And everyone else is just kind of spewing the same best practices. And so just naturally your content doesn't stand out regardless of what channel it is, whether it's a podcast, whether it's, I don't yeah. know, written content, whether it's video, the, the core problem starts with not having something interesting to say. Yeah. There's and a good chance your podcast is going to be the same as every other podcast in your industry, which is you interview the same people that are being interviewed on the other podcast. And you ask the same surface level questions and every, who is it? Someone tweeted this, or I saw this somewhere where it was like, <laughs> where it was like, like someone was like, it was like a fake conversation. I'm starting a podcast. You're like, yeah, everyone else is. And they were like, no, no. Like what makes yours different? And they were like, yeah, but I'm going to ask like the really good questions that go in depth. We're going to go in depth. You're like, really? No one has thought about a podcast that goes in depth. You're the first one. It's like everyone is trying to create a podcast that goes in depth. But like you need to think carefully. It's, it's That's the podcast equivalent of everyone producing the same like 
beginner's guide to insert industry here in the written content. Everyone's producing that same fluff stuff. And I think that's that's actually really interesting that the, the whole media company advice, it's like advice for the outside stuff. You know, it's advice for the clothing you wear. And you're like, yeah, but like is, I don't know, like is, your, is the health of your body good <laughs> inside? Like, do you have something substantive um, to say? That's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if I have anything else to say on this topic. I hope the discussion was valuable for everyone. Again, I don't no, know if I, we necessarily came to a one I do conclusion. Want to summarize. Sure. Like, I think here's what I'm here's what I'm hearing. Like the layers, or maybe kind of like on that meta or strategy level. What I'm hearing from you and from myself as we're thinking through this is that that I think people can walk away with is like number one, if you don't already have a channel that's like, you feel like you're really exhausting it, then that's your first goal is like, yeah, find exhaust that channel. double, double down on that channel. If you yeah. have something that's working, actually, this is a good point because I see this often people find a channel that works. And instead of just doubling down on that channel, they immediately like move to something else. And you're like, what? Why are you moving yeah. away from the channel that's working? Just double down on this channel first, exhaust it, and then move on. Yeah, I think that is this idea that that's like, that's what growth means. Like, okay, this is working, you know, and we need to grow. But, and then the second layer, and I want to tie back this kind of second half of the conversation to some of the graphs I was showing from our Geekbot example earlier. If I zoom out of that example, I guess one way to think about what we're saying is like, you may or may not want to do some of these channels or whatever, like video podcast or a publication, but at least do yourself the favor and respect of your own time and your company's time, and your employee's time of measuring the business impact. You may measure the conversions and still conclude you want to do whatever, whatever, but at least measure. And I think most people don't want to do that. And you and I have talked about how it's honestly not in a lot of marketers interest to measure the conversions that come from their work because it's probably not converting very well and they don't want their bosses to see that. Right. Yeah. Or you're hiding it from yourself, but like do yourself the service of doing that, of like measuring, just like keep an eye on it. And that's our way of kind of being polite to be perfectly blunt. And instead of just being like, most of this shit's not going to get you any or very few conversions. Like, why wouldn't you do the bottom of the funnel? Our polite way to say it is like, just measure it. And then you decide. And if you see a graph, like I showed with a, <laughs> with like barely any conversion rate and whatever, like I would hope that logically it would get you to conclude, you know, that, um, maybe you should go in a different direction. Yeah. And then I guess the last takeaway is tying back to the theme of this podcast is like, don't assume that marketing advice in a tweet, even if a ton of people have retweeted it, replied to it, liked it, is good. And <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the punchline there. I was, couldn't find a better way to say that. But, and then also, like, if it doesn't make sense to you, there's probably a reason. There's all these, like, pithy statements that are just, like, you know, like, put around, like, do basic logic helps you out a media company like wh what is that what does that mean and actually that's another takeaway that i heard from our conversation today is separate the channel and the activity from this concept of like media company you can do a podcast 
you could do you could do a video series like if you sell technical software or something that's like screen sharing is important like excel based stuff analytics stuff or whatever like you could do a video series by just turning on screen recording and publishing to youtube what the yeah, hell and going after that keywords mean? going after the same pain point keywords on youtube that you would in written content yeah. essentially that's kind of what we're doing with this this podcast is can we rank for things on youtube Oh, that's a great idea. You know what people don't do enough of, especially the SaaS group, is you take the thing of like best video hosting, video hosting software, video hosting reviews. Yeah, just do a video. You, yeah, you, you can't you do a rank. demo recording. Like just show your software, show how it works, find that version of that keyword for you, best whatever, or just like the thing, this software, that software, and be like, I made this. I'm really proud of it. Like, here's how it works. Here's why I think it's better than everything else. And like, put it on YouTube and Google some basics of YouTube SEO, make the title right, make the description that was something would rank and publish it. Like that doesn't require the resources of a media company. You don't need to hire someone from the New York times to do that. Yeah. All right, cool. That's a good way to end.